TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listeners. Listener interaction, starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse on 670 The Score. And your free Odyssey app broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball as we do almost every Saturday morning, at least when the Bears aren't making franchise-altering trades, Bruce. And we're happy to be counting down again to opening day instead of the NFL draft. Good morning, buddy. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah, we're we're with you 50 weeks out of the year every Saturday, (laughs) 9 to 11. We hope every 50 weeks, you know, it's up to uh, whether the Bears want to make big news or not. But uh, And in this okay. show, we're going to tell you how DJ Moore fits into the Cubs rotation or, or something like that. No, we're going to talk <laughs> baseball, and it's going to be fun. Two hours worth of Cubs and Sox talk. Bruce, I don't know if you noticed, 12 days till opening day. I think so, yeah, David, and uh, that's, that's one of the show topics today. With just 12 days till opening day, do you, you Chicago baseball fans, Sox and Cub fans, what are your major concerns about your team going into 2023? And are you still waiting to see your team on the field, considering that many players are still in the WBC? Another topic we'll get to at some point today, David. Yeah, we want to hear from everybody. 312-644-6767. Catch us up. Where are you with the Cubs and the White Sox in Arizona at spring training, counting down until they both open the season on March 30th. Can't wait for that. Bruce, I also think we're looking forward to talking to Ryan Dempster at 930. He's going to join us, certainly from the Marquee Sports Network. Former Cub has some news. He's going to have the intentional talk uh, talk show on MLB Network joining Sierra Santos. We'll talk to him about that. 1030, looking forward to Nick Madrigal, friend of the show, is joining us to talk about his role in future with the Cubs this season. If he makes a team, I'm presuming he will. What role will he play? He's got to switch things up. But Bruce, let's let's talk about both things that I think are at the top of mind in terms of baseball fans in Chicago. You mentioned the WBC. I'm I'm adjusting my thoughts on the WBC. I found myself very uh, surprised by my own reactions to it. It's been a lot of fun. And then secondly, what do Cubs and Sox fans still want to see from their teams before opening day. What concerns 
exist. Let's start with the White Sox, Bruce. What do you think you've seen? What do you think you've heard? What do you think of where they are with 12 days to go in Pedro Grafal's first camp? Well, I'm very impressed with Pedro Grafal, and I know it's only spring training, and, uh, you know, the rhetoric is, uh, you know, you know, it's it's in each camp, all 30 camps, you, you get the, the rhetoric. But Grafal, you know, much like Tony La Russa, when Tony La Russa was a younger manager, uh, he's a, a guy for detail, okay? And, and he is complimentary in many ways and at the same time demanding in others. And I really like what I hear from Pedro Grafal about how he wants to handle people. Yesterday, uh, for example, uh, Oscar Colas playing center field for the White Sox made an outstanding catch and after the uh, after two days ago rather made an outstanding catch after the after that uh, the next morning the reporters asked Grafal uh, how about that catch you know what a great catch he played center field you know with uh, Luis Robert away for WBC and and uh, Grafal said yeah it was a great catch but I was more concerned with uh, the fact that he missed the cutoff man on the throw back in. <laughs> So to me, uh, rather than taking you know the puffy part and just saying yeah it's great he's doing wonderful, it's more like no you know there's you got to do better than that you know we're we're putting you out there you can play the position now you got to be able to complete everything that you do out there to be a major league player so I, I really enjoy uh, following what Grafal is doing in that White Sox camp on the other side of town uh, David. Uh, there's there's jobs to be won just like there are at uh, second base and right field for the White Sox, jobs at third base and right field for the Cubs with Suzuki down the beginning of the year, also places that we're watching in spring training. So we came into spring training, Bruce, and the Mike Clevenger situation hung over the White Sox, and apparently that has been resolved, and Major League Baseball will not dole out any discipline. That happened, I think, since the last time that we've had inside the clubhouse so Mike Clevenger on the mound Friday Cubs and Sox tied four to four he pitches three uh, innings gives up two home runs three and two-thirds and three earned runs wasn't sharp he talked about sequencing but I think that Mike Clevenger that main issue sort of has now been put aside and so the baseball conversation revolves around I think one of the biggest things in camp Oscar Colas has made an impression, Bruce, and he's become a guy that now they're being taking a look at in center field. And when you talk about the most pertinent topics coming out of Glendale or maybe the biggest impressions, yeah, I think we all are impressed and hopeful about Pedro Grafol because of the energy he's instilled and the attitude that's obvious. But I like what I've seen from Colas. I like the way they talk about him and his habits. I like what I've seen about him in the, from him in the outfield. And he looks like a veteran at the plate, Bruce. High expectations, I hope they aren't too high for a rookie because he looks the part. Well, you know, the, the thing that, uh, you know, Grafal and the coaches are concentrating on is, yeah, Colas was ticketed to be the right fielder from uh, this winter on, okay? You, you saw it because of the lack of moves other than going out and getting Benatendi and telling, that, telling uh, Jimenez that he's the full-time DH. Uh, there was no other moves for the outfield. So with that in mind, that's not a surprise that Colas is getting this opportunity. Uh, what, what's, what's interesting to me is, is that uh, when you have uh, Colas out there, uh, you have a, a rookie, like you said, who is going to hit. Okay, they, they have great belief in him uh, you know, from his experience 
not only in Cuba before he, uh, he left and signed, but also his time in Japan where he played as a professional as well. So this is no uh, raw rookie at age 24 going on 25. This is a guy that's accomplished. But to play for Pedro Grafal and the White Sox, nothing, you know, when, when uh, Rick Hahn and Ken Williams sat down with Grafal, they said, hey, we're going to try to get you better players, but we have to be a better defensive team, okay? We must be a better defensive team. And Colas is hearing about it right away, even though he's made good plays and he looks great. Uh, Colas uh, has to play good defense to be able to stay out there. The, the White Sox, David, the White Sox have to play better defense if they're going to be talking about winning a division, competing for the playoffs in 2023. No doubt, and I think that's one of the strengths of the Cubs team as we go over to Mesa and talk about generalities and, and op- overall impressions of the Cubs spring training. Bruce, the defense has been the emphasis. I think also the pitching depth has been interesting to see guys ha- taking their turns, looking impressive. Hayden Wesneski, he didn't have it against the White Sox yesterday. That was probably his worst of the four outings this spring. He, uh, he gave up a home run to J.D. Martinez. He had four hits and two walks in three and a third. But the velocity and the strikeouts have been there. He's been impressive. Javier Assad has been impressive for Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Michael Tauchman has been a guy that in Seiya Suzuki's absence has taken a step forward. You wonder if he's going to get an opportunity. 32-year-old guy who is a local has some local connections. You wonder if he's going to be on the opening day roster. And, Bruce, I have to ask you about this. I don't want to get concerned. It is only spring training, but we do find things to worry about. Dansby Swanson's two for 25. Tell me that's just an aberration. Tell I'd, me not I'd get to worry. Rid of him. I'd get rid of him now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried about Dansby Swanson's uh, batting record there. Okay. Uh, he's, right. he's with a new team. I mean, look, everybody wants – him to live up to $177 million in spring training. I'm more concerned about what what happens uh, on March 30th and uh, that Dansby Swanson is healthy to be able to play shortstop every day for the Chicago Cubs. If that's if he's healthy and ready to go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be okay with whatever the numbers turn out to be. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's hitting 300. I'm not sure he's hitting 30 home runs. But I'm sure he's going to play a quality shortstop for the Cubs every day if he's healthy. What do you think, Cub fans? Are you worried at all about anything? Are you excited about opening day? 312-644-6767. Sox fans, same for you. Oscar Colas looks like the real deal. Are we seeing something that isn't there? Or are your hopes as high as mine are for the rookie right fielder? Center fielder maybe on a pinch because he looks like he could play anywhere out there. Bruce, let's start the conversation. Let's go out to the phone lines. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Our friend Mike is in Glencoe. Mike, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas. And, David, I'd like to pick up on a topic you started the show with. Um, I'm a long, long time Sox season ticket holder, and I am far more interested in what the NFL is doing and the Bears are doing over the last three months than anything the White Sox are doing. I find when I listen to the score podcast, I'm picking up your interviews with Jimmy Johnson and Brad Biggs every day. I don't care about Oscar Colas, and I sure don't care about the uh, world baseball. I don't want to see Iceland play Canada, but I'm very interested in the developments of a team that's making strong efforts to improve themselves intelligently. 
So the Bears and the NFL have made my complete attention this spring. I forgot the spring tr- uh, the, the season starts next week, and I'm disappointed in that, and I don't like that. Uh, has the NFL completely stolen the spring from uh, Major League Baseball? What do you guys think? Bruce, I'll let you go first. Well, Mike brings up an interesting topic, and I wanted to talk about this starting the show today, and that is the energy level of the NFL playing once a week cannot be matched by any other sport. Okay, It just can't be matched because you have what basically from the fans and from the players, you have a a playoff-type atmosphere every week. Okay, And, And you can do that when you're only playing 17 weeks out of the year and then you have your playoffs. So it's a fever pitch from the fans. It's a fever pitch for the players. Uh, it is all-out combat. When you have the other sports and the pacing of, uh, of 80, 82 games or 162 games, uh, you, you cannot replicate that energy level. And we're seeing that comparison more than ever, as Mike points out, with the WBC. And you're seeing that energy level where these countries and the fans are at a fever pitch every game, every play, every moment, and the, and the players are having the time of their lives representing their countries and giving it a different effort with a different mentality. So my question to you, David, is how does Major League Baseball and the players replicate that energy level to get people excited on a daily basis 162 times a year knowing that the pacing is so different and the end result is so far away? Bruce, it's a great question and observation. And I think that it's impossible to, to have that replicated and duplicated over a 162-game season. It, it's, it's, the intensity is as high as it is is because the WBC is a short-term tournament. It is a, something that happens within a, a window in March. And much like March Madness, the NCAA tournament that we are pausing from uh, to take a break from a few hours this morning, you know, M- Mike acknowledges the elephant in the room here in Chicago, and it is that the Bears rule. And and I look, I, I'm not going to be a hypocrite, Bruce. You know, I, I host a, a podcast, Take the North, twice a week. We talk on the Mullen Haw Show Bears more than we talk any other sport because there is a unifying nature to the NFL in cities like Chicago. It's everybody on the same team, on the same side, rooting for the same cause. The, the baseball divides a little bit, but that doesn't mean it's, a, it's not as important. It just means that when you have situations like that have gone on the last couple of weeks, this is a monumental offseason for the Bears, and we adjusted accordingly. Has it overshadowed spring training? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. But these are uh, th- this is the exception, not the rule. I would like to think that in most March uh, examples, you look at and the buildup has been uh, intense. There have been a lot of reasons, little factors that people don't you know necessarily have to. We don't have to get into about why we're covering different uh, the Sox and Cubs differently this spring. But overall, when they when they throw the first pitch on opening day, Bruce, I don't think the excitement level is going to be any different than it is on typical opening days. There's anticipation in the air. There will be optimism, obvious. And, hey, play ball, and that's going to be a lot of fun. David, I want a winner on July 4th, and I want a winner on uh, September 30th in Major League Baseball. I want first-half winner, and I want second-half winners. I want attention span 
from my baseball fans in all my cities. So I want to, I want what they they did uh, many years ago in the minor leagues and uh, uh, one year in the major leagues because of a strike, and that is I want a first half winner. I want to keep that attention going, and that by the fourth of July you already have a first half winner who's going to the playoffs, and then the strategies that incur afterwards. Uh, knowing that you've made it and how you approach the second half would be fascinating as well to uh, watch how teams uh, compete and go forward. But I think the attention span of fans for Major League Baseball at 162 games is way, way too many for the real fans of baseball these days. Bruce, I think the pitch clock supports your your argument and your premise because – the pitch clock was considered at one point in time radical by baseball traditionalists, and I think now we're going to see, hey, we love this thing because it's two and a half hours in and out, and maybe by the same token, you're going to be looking at the, the shorter seasons or maybe uh, the tournament settings and having a winner July 4th. And yeah, That's an interesting concept that I think baseball has to be open to because you do see the intensity with which they are playing this this world baseball classic and i have opened my mind to the idea first coming in bruce i'll be the first to tell you all i was concerned about and watching was who's getting injured and is Aloy going to be healthy at the end of this and you look at what happened to edwin diaz and i don't think that's a true representation and it's fair to look at the world baseball classic being disqualified from your as a possibility or something that is worth your time or worthwhile because of a freak accident during a celebration in a post game you know euphoria and so I don't I, I like it I, I like it more than I thought I would like it and I think it's interesting to consider all these options to make baseball more popular you have to you have to get with the times you have to get with who your fans are what the fan base will be when Major League Baseball's average fan watching their playoffs is no longer 54 years of age okay so with, with that in mind you have to appeal to other ways of getting people involved in watching your game. And look, I've always been a traditionalist. I think more importantly, I've always been a realist. And realistically, 162 games of attention span after opening day is way too much for people these days to be able to stay with it. Mike, thanks for making us uh, examine something I didn't expect to talk about, but it is an interesting issue, and it's right there for baseball fans to consider, especially in Chicago. Let's go back to the phone lines. Tim is in Munster. Tim, welcome inside the clubhouse. Hey, hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Usually this time of year I am absolutely giddy and cannot wait for spring training, but i got to tell you, I feel very empty, and I want to share a few facts with you, and then I'd like to beg you guys to be the voice for the White Sox fans because – Quite honestly, I don't think the organization listens to their fans or cares what their fans have to say. But the fact of the matter is the New York Mets are the second team in New York. The owner's not treating it that way. The Philadelphia Phillies had four players that were making more money than what Ben Attendee would sign for, and they went out and signed Trey Turner. The San Diego Padres, small market team, three players making a billion dollars. There's more money in baseball with streaming. Betting hasn't even come into play yet. But in the White Sox survey, one of the questions they asked was, how often do you uh, bet on sports? Believe me, there's going to be a point where you're betting on every pitch at these games. And uh, the money keeps pouring in. They don't have a a television network issue like uh, many of these other regional uh, sports teams that have regional sports networks. 
And on top of that, they got a great stadium deal. You talk about getting with the times. Bruce asked Mr. Reinsdorf to go get his stockholders the money, sell the team, lock in, put in the agreement. The team has to stay in Chicago or in the vicinity for 50 years and go make your money. But get into 2023 because we the problem with this team for the last two years, you've talked about it, injuries, injuries, injuries. Every position you said you guys said they needed. I heard you say catcher, 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 Bruce. You're absolutely right. There was a great number of catchers. No money spent. They just went out and got a pitcher uh, with a hope, and they went out and got a, a great left fielder. I like that move, but not nearly enough for a team that has, just doesn't have the depth. Mr. Thanks, Ryan needs to set aside. Appreciate the phone call, Bruce. The refrain from Sox fans wanting Jerry Reinsdorf to sell the team is increasing. It's getting louder. There are two billboards that are on the south side that were purchased by Sox fans who were disgruntled, urging Mr. Reinsdorf to sell the team. I I just don't know if it's realistic to expect that. Well, Jerry's not selling the team until – the team is not going to be sold until, A, Jerry is no longer interested in running the team – uh, B, he's no longer capable of um, running the team. And C, when Jerry uh, passes away, it's automatic that this group of uh, 33 investors in Jerry Reinsdorf's family will sell the White Sox. It's in the will. So that that is what you can look forward to. Those A, B, and C is the reality of the situation there. Uh, Jerry still has a lot of passion for the... Um, for what he wants to do and wants, still wants to win. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, White Sox fans are making their voice heard. That's great. Uh, I, I know that uh, they want to win, but, uh, you know, at this point in time, let's see what happens this year. Let's see how it shakes down. Michael Jordan wants to get out of his majority ownership stake in the Charlotte Hornets. I wonder if he'd be looking for a hobby. Uh, next uh, winter, perhaps. Better come with, with about two two billion dollars at this point. Uh, <laughs> did you see the Let's Cubs? Uh, did you see the Cubs are uh, four point? Uh, I think it's four point seven billion by one estimate. What, what yeah, it's worth right now? I saw that. I, I imagine that would uh, keep going up as they keep on adding on to Ricketsville. It's quite the uh, quite the investment right now. Let's squeeze in Paul, who is in Valpo, before we break. Paul, welcome inside the clubhouse. Good morning, fellas. Uh, yeah, that's actually funny. Jordan made a career out of bailing Reinsdorf out, so maybe he could do it one more time. Reinsdorf <laughs> would have been asked to get, he'd, he'd have been getting asked to get uh, let go and sell the team a long time ago. It wasn't for Jordan, probably the most overrated owner in sports history. But uh, but I digress. Uh, in regards to the baseball, I'm super excited. I mean, I think the Cubs have a chance to be better than than ex- expected. Sox hopefully have a bounce back year for all the Sox fans. But you have two exciting baseball teams. And I think it was horrible that it was bumped last week to talk about a 14-loss team and a team that only has the opportunity to trade away that number one pick because they're so bad and such an awful franchise. So, Bruce, I feel for you. David, I love I love hearing you on your own, but you said it yourself. You guys talk about the Bears nonstop from Monday through Friday. The one, two-hour time frame for baseball fans to listen to a good baseball talk was ruined last week by a terrible decision by Mitch Rosen to have that on there and talk more about uh, football. And, again, the Bears will screw it up. So let's talk baseball. Let's get excited. We should be excited. Two good teams this year. 
Thanks, Paul. Appreciate the phone call. I didn't say nonstop. I said we talk mostly about the Bears. We reflect uh, the audience and we play the hits. But at his, it's, it's open phone lines. You have your opinions, and we appreciate you calling in to express them. We're going to talk baseball the rest of the way. We're going to talk Cubs and Sox until 11 o'clock. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Ryan Dempster about the Cubs, about the Sox, about whatever he wants because – he has got a new job, and he wants to probably mention that as well. It's inside the clubhouse. Bruce and David until 11 o'clock, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I'm super thrilled to be doing this and, you know, um, kind of have an opportunity to, to laugh every day at work and, and enjoy one of my favorite shows that's out there. You know, intentional talk, it's, like you said, it's an institution, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Haw along with Bruce Levine until 11. And you heard that familiar voice. It belongs to Ryan Dempster, which brings us to. Our guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, where we find the new co-host, along with Sierra Santos and Kevin Millar, Intentional Talk, weekdays, 4 o'clock on the MLB Network, longest-running show they have. Good morning, Demp. Congratulations. Thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. So you're going to be a little busier. I think it's exciting for baseball fans uh, in Chicago and all around uh, the the country because you're gonna have to know a little bit about a lot, Ryan. Um, how how this come about? How excited are you about your new role? Yeah, no, I'm I'm really thrilled, and it was just something that kind of uh, sparked during a conversation uh, uh, between Kevin and I, honestly. And uh, you know, would, would it be something that I would be interested in? And then uh, started talking with uh, some people after the winter meetings. Um, you know, that I reconnected with uh, at MLB Network and. You know, I'm excited for it. You know, like you said, it's going to be a lot more work in the sense of, you know, you have to pay attention, not just uh, particularly to one team. you got to be, you know, which I already do anyways. I mean, I watch pretty much every Cub game that's going on that I can or at least follow it. Um, but now it's a matter of league-wide. And I, and I love the game, and I, I love baseball. You know, baseball doesn't define me, but it sure is a massive part of my life, and it always has been. And I love talking the game. I like, obviously, you guys know me. I like keeping things light, and that's exactly kind of what the show is. It's fun. It's entertaining. And, um, and Sierra and I are excited to join Kevin and, and uh, you know, just um, do what we can to give the fans the best product, and hopefully that, that works. So the game is supposed to be fun, and you and Kevin Millar during your careers and then since then in media have defined fun to a, a different level. Take us back a little of the history of you and Millar being teammates and finding, uh, you know, a, a brother from another mother that you, you guys have been so close and, and so in line with making sure that baseball was always fun and looked at in a, in a, a different perspective. Yeah, you know, Kevin and I got to know each other, obviously, with the Marlins coming up. And then, um, you know, uh, coming up in 98, Kevin actually had broke his handmade bone. Um, was going through that, and then uh, and then '99 playing together, starting the year in Calgary. Um, really, just kind of our friendship really just took off from there. Like we were buddies, but then it became like we were brothers. And um, you know, I remember having to go. I got called up in that in '99 and having to defend him because he challenged the big league ball club to a to a seven game series when our Calgary Cannons were tearing up the PCL. And 
and but he was just all in good spirit. And then it, it, we were roommates in spring trainings. Um, you know, he stood up on my my wedding. Uh, we just became friends. And, and Kevin always had this amazing ability with all the guys on the team of really putting life into perspective. Like, yes, we're baseball players. It's our job. You have to do your job. But at the end of the day, you're not curing cancer. You know, you're out there. You're you're entertaining people and you're making sure that people are having fun while you're playing. Um, he would always be uh, adamant about, you know, you know, touching, touching somebody's life, changing somebody's life for the better. If you see a fan, a kid that needs an autograph, a picture, whatever it is, have those moments. And he just kept things light always. And I look at his leadership along the way with those, that team we had early on the Marlins, all of those guys that went on guys like Mike Lowell and Alex Gonzalez, Denise Castillo, Cliff Floyd, Mark Kotze, Mike Redman, myself, A.J. Burnett, Brad Penny, we all had careers. And I and I credit Kevin a lot for that because we were getting our butts kicked a lot and he just kept it, you know, head to the grindstone, head up. You know, like, let's go. Let's continue to have fun. We're playing baseball. Have fun, boys. And he brings that and the energy that he brings. What you see on TV is Kevin at 8 a.m. at the breakfast table. That's Kevin at 9 o'clock at night singing karaoke in the garage. It doesn't matter the setting. That's how he is. That's how he lives his life, and, and that's why it's so genuine and real, and I just love being around him, and I can't wait to work with him every day. Talking with Ryan Dempster from the Marquee Sports Network and the new host of Intentional Talk weekdays, 4 o'clock on the MLB Network. Ryan, so take a step back, zoom out, and look big picture at spring training, not necessarily just with the Cubs and the White Sox, but the impact that the pitch clock has had on making the game more entertaining, maybe increasing the pace. As a pitcher, as a fan, do you look at it the same way? Do you, do you worry about some you know, hidden unintended consequences of the pitch clock? What are your overall thoughts on the way the game is going to change because of it? Yeah, I, I love what it's doing. I love the premise behind it, which is create action. Keep the, keep the game moving. I don't care if it goes 18 innings. I love baseball. I love watching baseball. I don't like watching baseball when I go and I'm sitting there in the stands and then I go up and I go to the bathroom and then I grab a beer and a hot dog and I come back and there still hasn't been a ball put in play. I just think like that is not good for the game. I think we want things moving and fast. We don't need the game to necessarily end. Now that's going to happen quicker because of the way things are moving. Um, but it's awesome. You know, like not just from a pitching standpoint, look at the hitters. Over spring training, if you look at from last year, this year, runs are up a, a run a game. Why? Because the best hitters on the planet are swinging the bat. And therefore, they're hitting the ball because they're that good. You know, we put so much emphasis over the past however long, 10, 15 years on OPS, on-base percentage. On base. The guys take 2-0 fastballs down the middle because they're trying to draw a walk or they're working the count. It's like... That's your highest leverage count. I want to see that. I want to see the guy hitting in three hole. I don't want to see him take that pitch. I want to see him hit it over the wall. So I think it's just really great for for both sides of the ball. Um, the the one you know, if I can find unintended consequences that I don't want to see, like we saw, you know, with the game ending on a on a pitch violation. Like if we're going to affect the outcome of a game because of that, I mean, uh, the end of a game because of that. But I think these are just things that get ironed out as spring training goes along, as that continues to work, where it's like. You're always tweaking something. It's changed, so it's different, and people at home might be like, I hate this, but we'll learn to love it because we're going to see things. We're going to see more athleticism out of infielders because they're always going to be on their toes. We're going to see great plays out of outfielders. We're going to see guys trying to take the extra base. We're going to see what we love about the game, and that's all the athleticism that these unbelievable players have This nowadays gets to shine on every pitch, and I just think it's a really great thing. 
Brian Dempster, the uh, new co-host of Intentional Talk on MLB Network, our guest right now, David Hall, Bruce Levine, with you every week, 50 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on The Score on Saturday mornings, 9 to 11. Uh, Demp, uh, David and I were talking about the reality of the baseball fan these days and whether or not a first and second half winner would make fans more attentive, keep more fans involved, and uh, would it would it give the the game itself a little bit extra juice? Uh, the, the premise that I laid out, Demp, is 162 games is too much for the modern fan to be able to concentrate on. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'm, as a kid growing up, I like you know the idea of you know the the first half winner and the second half winner. And, and I, I, I like what you're saying because it does, listen, you could, you could deal with injuries, right? Like right off the bat of a season. And, and that, then sometimes those can be crushing to, to your team. Um, and it's your job to overcome them, but sometimes they're too hard to overcome. Um, and then you get behind and now all of a sudden you're 20 games out of first, and you got no shot. And so then what happens? Then you're looking at trading players off and you rebuild. Do we rebuild? Do we do this? you got to go down this road of what, what happens there. Well, now, with, if you had two halves and you have a first-half winner and you're like, oh, we're getting healthy, you can re-engage your fan base. People can get excited for all those kind of things, and I think it's a really, really kind of fun little concept to toy with. I think having that ability to do that is, is pretty cool. And so, you know, if, if that's something that happens one day, I mean, I know they've talked about just going one giant league, all kinds of different things, but – yeah, you got to keep ways so that as a fan base, people just don't feel like, well, the season's over. I'm going to go do something else, or, or, uh, or you know, not worry about my team anymore. You're, it's a good way to keep people constantly engaged. But you know, uh, that's just you know, my my thoughts on that is kind of with you guys. I think it can be kind of exciting. Ryan, knowing the Cubs as well as you do, and seeing what they did in this off season, investing over three hundred million dollars in free agents, many veterans who have won other places, bringing that professionalism and experience to Chicago. What's realistic to expect from this team? Well, I mean, it's good baseball, I think, you know, most importantly. It's like you look at what they what they did, not just, like you said, they're, they're baseball players. And you hear that terminology, right? Oh, they're baseball players. Well, of course they are. They're in the major leagues. But, like, some guys provide offense. Some guys are stronger on the defensive end. Some guys are good at running bases. They went and got guys that do all those things. Cody Bellinger plays gold glove defense. He runs the bases. And when healthy, he's an MVP-type candidate player. Dansby Swanson, I mean, elite shortstop, elite base runner, um, you know, put himself on the map offensively last year. Winner. Like, you're, you got winners. So I think, you know, the, the impact of getting off to a good start is really, really huge. Um, I feel like this is a team that can win 90 games. You know, or get or get darn close to that. I know the projections are a lot lower than that, but um, Bruce knows how I feel about Pakoda. I think I used that this morning after my morning coffee. So it's just uh, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter, right? It's just how those players go about their business. I was down at spring training. I watched how hard they're working. Um, you know, a little example, and I'll and I'll throw this out there real quick. They were running cutoff and relay drills. Now there's a couple young outfielders, and they're just younger, and they're. They're going after the ball, but they're not really going after the ball as hard as they could, right? Because it's practice. And I'm watching Dansby Swanson and Ian Happ and Nick Madrigal yelling at the outfielders, get to the ball faster. Let's go. And now that throw gets in 
a little bit harder because that guy feels motivated. And now they're throwing out that runner by a half a step. You know, the young kid that came up from the backfield who's trying to impress a big league manager by running as hard as he could. When you have that kind of leadership at the little, you know, minuscule things that are happening on a baseball field, think about the big things that are happening and the impact that it has. So, like, these guys are setting examples of how they want the game to be played day in and day out while wearing a Cub uniform. And, and I think that just bodes well. And you add good players, and I think that's what's happening is you're going to see a team that's capable of some pretty good stuff. Demp, uh, when you look at the Chicago White Sox, now that you're, in, you're going to have to be an expert on all 30 teams, uh, what impact could uh, Pedro Grafal have that Tony La Russa didn't uh, in the past? Uh, is there a, an automatic, knowing that Tony was uh, sick last year, knowing that he wasn't really uh, embraced by the fan base. Uh, it was just a, a, a convoluted mess all the way around with injuries and everything else. What what possible factors can come into Grafal taking over the White Sox? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you have frustrations and you don't perform as a team, the instant thing is new manager will work, right? And it can, especially when that new manager brings, you know, an energy or brings kind of an attitude um, that I think that's, definitely something that that can help and and you know he's a guy that you know has a ton of experience at the minor league level big league level as a coach um and then the coaches he brought in as well i think you know that me just is impressive like you know um jose castro the hitting coach that they brought in this guy and what the work he did with the braves and um you know bringing these coaches in and being able to just really connect with the young generational player i think you know can pay huge dividends because talent isn't the issue Health has been the issue and lack of performance. So it's just how do you get the most out of those guys? And I think that Pedro can do a really good job of that. And, um, and then you just got to stay healthy. You got to make sure your arms stay healthy and have guys continue to build. But um, sometimes a little bit of a fresh change, it works. I played 16 years. Sometimes things get stagnant and all of a sudden you just get a new leadership and things get better. It's just how it works, unfortunately. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck on the new show. Hey, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much, Bruce. Thanks, Dave. Ryan Dempster, the new co-host of Intentional Talk weekdays, 4 o'clock on the MLB Network, along with Sierra Santos, former Chicago uh, sports media star, and now Kevin Millar, also alongside Demp, weekdays, 4 o'clock on the it's, MLB it's Network. It's going to be fun, David. It's, yeah, it's going to be a fun they, show because I love the idea of two two guys that known each other and it's always have always had fun and been winners at the same time. And, and Sierra, who uh, I got to know over the years that she was here, uh, is a really fun but intense reporter. And she, uh, she doesn't take any, any garbage either. So I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of uh, good content on that show. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm also looking forward to breaking down some of the final Roster decisions for both teams, Bruce. We'll start that process. When we come back, we'll go with the Cubs. I have some questions I want to ask you about guys who might be on the bubble. You're listening to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score, David Hall, Bruce Levine. All right, Bruce, so Seiya Suzuki resi- resumes light activities on Thursday. 
the oblique strain might be bad enough to keep him off the opening day roster. That aside, as he continues to kind of work his way back, how crowded is the Cubs outfield? Where do you see guys like Christopher Morrell fitting in before opening day and beyond? Michael Tuchman, who's had a promising spring and is a veteran who was added as a non-roster guy that has a shot. Who else has emerged as a possibility? What does the Cub outfield look like? Well, Trey Mancini obviously brought in as outfield experience. So uh, I think those three names, the two that you brought up, and uh, Mancini are um, main guys there. Uh, Morrell is an interesting uh, player because the Cubs are kind of caught in between. Okay, he hit 15 home runs last year. He was a breath of fresh air. He was uh, energy at the beginning. And then the last six weeks, he couldn't hit at all. Um, does he benefit more from starting the year at AAA, knowing you have depth there uh, anytime you want to bring it up? And plenty of options left. Let the veterans like Talkman and uh, Mancini see what they can do the beginning of the season in a platoon uh, in right field. And also use either or as a DH as well. So my guess is Morrell's going to the minor leagues and that these veterans, including Hosmer at first base and DH, uh, get the opportunity uh, April, May to show what they have and to uh, see what they have left to contribute to the Cubs. And Morrell goes to the minors. I think it's, it's probably the best thing for the Cubs at this point because you're, you're not just trying to uh, fill a gap this year with the Cubs. You're trying to get the, the, the most optimum amount out of them. It wouldn't serve Morrell or the Cubs very well if he's not playing every day. Uh, so every day at AAA is probably the way to go. Are we still assuming that Cody Bellinger is going to play every day, that Cody Bellinger is going to regain his stroke, that Cody Bellinger is going to hit more home runs than the one he currently has in spring training? Well, he hit, a, he hit one yesterday. And uh, he had a triple. So I, I think his, his bat is really coming along. Um, you would have to tell me the last great defensive outfielder the Cubs had in center field. Fowler was good. He wasn't great. I think you have to go all the way back to Bob Denier uh, with the Cubs in the middle 80s to talk about an outstanding Gold Glove caliber center fielder. Bellinger Jim Edmonds would like a word, Bruce. Jim, Jim Edmonds would like to speak to you. Jim Edmonds too. at that time of his career, you know, needed a little help. He needed a little help there. He wasn't wasn't quite the, the same outfielder. But I'm talking about a prime player, a guy in his prime. Bellinger is, is an outstanding center fielder. He's going to play there every day. So that I mean, he's a great first baseman. The Cubs have their best center fielder, and they have a gold glove left fielder in uh, Ian Happ. Um, their defense is going to be better. Right fielder just going to have to hold down the fort probably till May 1st for Suzuki. Uh, so these other guys should get at bats, and it, it's, a, it's a nice opportunity for Talkman, who's been around a little bit and is a veteran player from the Chicagoland area, to uh, make a hometown team and, and see if he can add a little left-handed pop. Quickly, Bruce, Matt Mervis comes back. Didn't didn't really tear the cover off the ball for Team Israel in the WBC, but he was re-energized and got some confidence. Does he fit into the mix? Yes, at AAA. Uh, again, the, the, the bad news is for these guys is that they won't make the roster out of spring training. The good news is they have viable guys that can be longtime players for the Cubs going forward with guys like Morrell and Mervis at AAA starting the season and then coming up 
uh, incrementally throughout the season to uh, fortify the team and, and maybe take over the positions full time. Cubs play the Giants on the score right here, 255 pregame. It will be Zach Zaidman, our guy, and Ron Coomer on the call. You want to stay tuned for those guys. They are in midseason form, so keep it right here on the score all day long. Cubs-Giants at 255 pregame today. All right, Bruce, there's something that happened in White Sox camp that I think caught my eye and surprised me a little bit. We will talk about that when we come back. It's inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 